often do you prepare for, respond to, and recover from disasters? How often do you consider threats like cybersecurity, wildfires, earthquakes, or mass casualty events? This is Hometown Ready, an all-hazards emergency management podcast brought to you from the Springfield Green County Office of Emergency Management. We aim to educate, entertain, and spark discussions about all things public safety. So settle in and let's discuss how your community can be hometown ready. And here we are, ready to go for the next episode of the Hometown Ready podcast, produced by the Springfield Green County Office of Emergency Management. I'm Darren White, the Deputy Director at OEM. For this podcast, we're going to do things just a little different than normal. We recently conducted an exercise for a multi-agency resource center, often referred to as a MARC, which involved various organizations from the community. We're going to talk to the people who helped make that happen, such as the planning and the conducting of the exercise. Some of these interviews were recorded during the actual exercise itself. So, let's jump right in and see what they have to say. On April 18th of 2023, the Greene County Exercise Planning Program, on behalf of the Springfield Greene County Office of Emergency Management, hosted a functional exercise titled Operation One-Stop Shop. The exercise was developed to test the Greene County Recovery Plan, specifically Recovery Support Function Number 3, Health and Social Services. The premise behind this test was to show that the agencies listed in the stated plan would be able to provide essential services to disaster victims in the recovery phase of a major event. Aubrey, Tell us a little bit about yourself and the planning phase for this workshop. Well, I'm Aubrey Johnson, as you said, and I am the Exercise and Training Specialist for Springfield Green County OEM. I am also the Chair of the Green County Exercise Planning Program, or the EPP. The EPP Working Group began working on the exercise in June of 2022. Still a new program in its own right, Planning began with only three of the working members of the group, the 15 total members, but the concepts and objectives found in the initial meeting were pretty sound in my opinion. I will never forget a comment from one of the original planners of the working group who stated, we need to exercise this piece of the plan even though it isn't sexy. That was Jeremy Rohr for anybody listening. He was, of course, referring to the natural interest of others to want to exercise hot topic, uh, hot button items such as active shooter events, tornado drills, even an airport disaster drill. But to my knowledge, most organizations have uh, never exercised this component of their recovery plans, and still more may probably never exercise it. Our department itself, uh, knowing the members here, uh, at least 10 years have gone by and this has not been exercised to our director's notice. Um, While the expectation is that without warning, 
A notification could be sent to everyone on the agency roster list and the need to put together a multi-agency resource center or a mark for short is still there. Therefore, getting back to the planning, our initial plan way back in June of 2022 was simply to host an exercise with primary and secondary agencies from the recovery plan to assure the accuracy of that plan. Interestingly enough, the angle changed significantly and the idea was split into two exercises. A workshop to teach and discuss, followed up by a functional exercise to provide and hone skills. Subject matter experts, or SMEs, also changed significantly due to internal staffing changes and I learned that while it was part of our plan, we were not the lead agency for an event like this. I preach collaboration to my working group and everyone present at my exercises, but this was a new level of collaboration even for me. The amount of information I would need to glean from the new planner at OEM and the American Red Cross and the plan itself as well as the primary agencies was absolutely immense. The funny thing is that this is the expectation for many components of the emergency management and why we train. On November 17th of 2022, the MARC workshop took place on the EOC floor of the Public Safety Center in Springfield. Our municipality planner played a significant role in that workshop. And that leads us to Katie. Katie, you've kind of been introduced already, but uh, introduce yourself and tell us uh, about you and and your role in all of this. Uh, Well, I'm the area municipalities planner here at OEM. uh, And what Alfred didn't mention is that during the course of planning this exercise, um, we actually had a complete turnover in our planning staff. Um, I was hired in June of 2022 and then we recently hired a new uh, city county planner. Um, So normally this is sort of handled by our city county planner, but since uh, the current one had moved on right before this workshop was to take place, I kind of stepped in last minute and tried to take over the presentation and that part of the workshop. Um, So when we hosted our workshop on the marks, the multi-agency resource center, uh, we did this in conjunction with the American Red Cross and it was led by three different presenters. So myself from OEM, Debbie Meads from Greene County Community Organizations Active in Disasters, and Tina Brown from Missouri State Emergency Management Agency. Um, Our focus with this was exploring what a mark is, what it takes to set up and run one, and how they're not only beneficial, but also vital to the recovery process when local citizens have been impacted by a disaster. Uh, The general information was taken from Recovery Support Function 3, which is the component of the Springfield Green County Recovery Plan that focuses on marks, and was backed up by real-world experiences and examples from our presenters who have extensive experience in setting up and running marks in disaster-struck areas. We even had close-to-home example scenarios for attendees to work through, giving them a chance to apply the information and determine for themselves when a mark would be needed and how it would function in various situations. Um, Our goal with this workshop was to better equip participants to know what a mark is, how it functions, how to set up and run one if the jurisdiction is ever in need of disaster recovery services. 
we also hosted this workshop in preparation for the full-scale mark exercise that was planned for the first quarter of this year so people would have the on-paper knowledge first with the chance to practice it in person later on down the road. So after each event, whether it be a disaster, special event, or an exercise, we always do after-action reports, or AARs. Aubrey, how did the after-action report look for this workshop? The workshop itself was viewed largely as a success, with a uh, few hiccups as staffing changes that Katie alluded to had uh, come up and cut things a little bit short on time. I believe Katie actually had about, I can't remember, a week or two to learn all the information and then brief me on all that information. This left participants wanting further information and some visualization. Shortly after the exercise, uh, the after action report was submitted with no specific plan improvements and more of presentation information from the hot wash, so improving some of our abilities to present this. It was at this time that an idea presented itself that would create a larger impact for the community. We ultimately decided to open a local exercise to our Region D affiliates and the state office for a bigger impact. It is, after all, our motto to be a, the most disaster resilient community in America. And it is my opinion that we improve our resilience by assisting those around us. Were you able to incorporate the information gained from the AAR into planning the functional exercise? Yes, I believe we were. After the new year, planning really kicked into high gear for the functional exercise. January marked the midterm planning meeting and the initial draft of Operation One Stop Shop, um, One Stop Shop's exercise plan as it came to be called. This also started the timeline of weekly meetings to start improving registration, knowledge of the roles in the exercise, and knowledge of roles in an actual mark. I believe it is safe to say that after many individuals talk to our staff, um, their agencies, the agencies that are represented in that plan had little actual working knowledge of their role in a mark prior to this exercise. Throughout January and February, the exercise focus was expanding the knowledge of the recovery plan, myself included drafting the exercise plan and writing the controller evaluator workbook as well as the player handbook. The player handbook is focused on the individuals who walk through the exercise as disaster victims. Uh, we put this out to Region D uh, emergency managers to let them view what it would be like as a disaster victim and things they could incorporate. While the office continued to work on the exercise components and presented materials, presentation materials, sorry, the registrations came in waves. Another great thing that came from the exercise was networking. Many organizations have experienced turnover and ours is no different. During this process, we shored up our communications to many different organizations through meetings and the registration process. The final two months of work was simply focused on finalizing all materials, holding the final formal meeting to have the planning team sign off on everything, 
and more or less say things were ready to go and the exercise was good to go. April 18, 2023. Ten months of planning, nine formal meetings and countless conversations. 20 organizations were represented and 89 per, uh, participants were there. Approximately 750 total printed booklets and worksheets and one Salvation Army food truck, Operation One Stop Shop, was finally a go. And a go is exactly what we did. During the MARC exercise, I had the privilege of sitting down with a few of the participants to learn more about them and how their organizations fit into a MARC. Welcome to the Multi-Agency Resource Center exercise. Please tell us your name and what organization you represent. Good morning, my name is Adrian Jenkins and I'm with City Utilities. Um, I do our operational resiliency section, which is strengthening our capabilities to ensure that we provide world-class power and electric and all of our different commodities to the community of Springfield. Um, and then also going through and ensuring that in the event that we have a disaster, we can quickly recover and then also rest so restore operations and sustain our infrastructure. My name is Waylon Taylor. work at the Missouri State Emergency Management Office, and the division that I'm in is Emergency Human Services. Our primary goal is to work with community agency partners to provide humanitarian efforts as well as work with non-government organizations to help disaster victims in times of natural disasters or man-made disasters. So representing SEMA and City Utilities, what is your role during a mark? For the emergency human services through the uh, state emergency management, we come down to assist as liaisons with all of the supporting agencies that provide services. So some of those include, we've done exit surveys to measure the quality and matrix to make sure the disaster uh, victims receive all of their services and or identify agencies or services that may not have been present there. We also collect information with the volunteers for um, the emergency at the EMPG emergency um, preparedness grant and we get those manpower hours or calculate at a dollar hour which help figure when we apply for the grant as well as we do roster sign in to keep track and accountability and then various other miscellaneous tasks that are asked by the agencies um, such as we assisted with the damage assessment um, at the last mark that we had in Bollinger County. So City Utilities, what we provide is transportation. Um, that could be as mass sheltering. If there is a, a complete devastation, we could go from take our buses and transport people to uh, a shelter. Or it could even be as simple as our bus lines are up and running and we can provide education as to which lines are still available, what are the times, and assist somebody that doesn't necessarily always take the bus of how the best way to do that and um, provide that capability. Because during a disaster, there may be people left without a vehicle, so they will need a way to travel to the mark. Absolutely. So like most people, when you have a vehicle, you're not looking for bus stops. So the time to think about it, obviously, is 
where the bus stop is pretty low in your totem pole and, and, and the, in the aftermath of a disaster. And so that's where we would be able to bridge that gap for them and, and make just a, a simple ask so much easier. So SEMA provides support to local agencies. Correct. So as we always state, all disasters start local, end local, and we do the support of the individuals that are impacted as well as the agencies. Um, but in addition to that, we network with our um, recovery division. So the next step after the mark, there has to be long-term recovery. So we assist in that process as well. Um, and in addition to that, we are advocates um, and liaisons for the co-ed or the Communities Active in Disaster, which kind of do the pre-planning uh, for this mark. Um, as well as the request, if there is a mark, uh, comes in through the Emergency Human Services. And from there, uh, we assist with the coordinating of getting the email out to all the various partners uh, for the, the time, uh, place, and location for the mark. Um, we also have supporting uh, personnel that are in other divisions that can come down and serve in that mark to include a, a PIO. Um, to communicate uh, information uh, on social media or work with the local news company um, as well as get out um, information on radio as well. How important is social media during a disaster? Getting the word out through the, the various forms of media uh, is very important because, as we know, with the disaster victims, they may be displaced from their homes, um, so that, that provides them a means other than having to check a mailbox, whether we do it on the local news channel or social, or Facebook, um, Twitter, all various forms we take in consideration with the various ages. We find that the younger generation are quick to go to a media app to find it and then our geriatric population can get that out on the local news and or also by word of mouth of the community. Have either of you ever participated in a mark? Yes, I have uh, participated in two live events in my uh, time with SEMA. I've been here just uh, under a year, but I've done two events. One was uh, St. Louis flooding and then recently we did down in Bollinger County uh, for the impacted areas in the southeast Missouri area. Next we spoke with Chris Brummett. Chris is the Social Services Director for the Salvation Army Springfield Corps. Chris, what role does the Salvation Army fill during a mark? The Salvation Army responds with our emergency disaster services team. We can provide feeding services through our canteen to uh, feed the folks who come to the mark, survivors out and about within the, the affected area. And then we also provide case management services, such as connecting folks with possibly gift cards or refilling their prescriptions. We can assist with shelters at times, and we work to fill the gaps where we can and cooperate with other agencies. Are those gift cards used to purchase necessities? To purchase necessities, those everyday necessities. We would also be able to bring in items that we would have on hand, possibly hygiene kits and different things like that. But yes, the gift cards could purchase the daily necessities of life. Have you ever participated in a mark? 
I have not, no sir. We do have a gentleman on our EDS team, our disaster services team, who just responded to a mark here within Missouri and he was on site for a couple of days to offer assistance there. Next to me in front of the camera is Mark Applegate. Mark is with the Senior Age Area Agency on Aging. During a multi-agency resource center, how does senior aging fit into its mission? Uh, well, we represent seniors. Uh, that's uh, the function of our uh, nonprofit is to begin with, is we help people, generally speaking, 60 years old and older, and their caregivers. Um, so in a mark, we will probably be providing services like um, our meal program, we're kind of the meals on wheels for lack of a better term. Um, we uh, can provide Medicare, Medicaid counseling and stuff like that too. It's probably the biggest things we do. Um, we do a lot of different things, but that's the main things. Have you ever participated in a mark either in real life or as an exercise? I have not in, uh, well, I've not, not been on this side of the table in a mark. I've actually been on the other side of the table in a mark just to see what it was all about at Joplin, or at least something very similar to this at Joplin. When working with people who have just experienced a disaster, what process do you walk them through? Um, just real basic stuff. Um, we've already got a lot of the information by the time they get to us from the sheet and everything, you know. Um, just verifying they, they would be in our coverage area and everything. If they came from a long ways out, we may refer them to one of our other sister agencies, kind of. We cover 17 counties in southwest Missouri, but there's other area agencies, area agencies on aging that um, they don't overlap us, but they adjoin us and stuff. So, um, And just basic uh, kind of life troubleshooting questions, kind of, you know, what, what's going on, what do you need, what's... Uh, some of the stuff will be on the sheet, but some of it we can just kind of open-ended questions to find out what kind of stuff they need. Do you actually provide them with any supplies or sheltering, or do you guide them to the places that do? Generally speaking, we guide them to places that do. We provide um, food and some functional needs equipment, stuff like that, but the majority of it is referral or we arrange it for them. Mark, what is your coverage area, and what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? We, we cover the whole south, southern part of Missouri, really, all the way to the, the Shannon County, Oregon County, that area, to uh, Lawrence and Barrie on the other direction, and then south of I-44. We, um, we do a lot of things. Uh, the website is probably the best place to get a feel for what we do, senioragemo.org. Next, we spoke with Susan Moranti and Scout from Pet Therapy of the Ozarks. Susan, you have a very unique role to play during a mark. Would you mind to explain to us what that is exactly? So our understanding is that when folks come to a mark, they've just gone through a disaster, which is very stressful. And very often, uh, they're meeting with lots of agencies and they're waiting. And so what we do is we offer stress relief. The dogs come and their purpose is to let folks pet them, hug on them. Uh, kids, if there are kids, they're very attracted to come and love on the dog. So, um, you know, my experience with pet therapy is when you walk in the room and people see a dog, they all smile. So that's our purpose, we're, we're stress relief.
Are your dogs required to have certain training in order to provide that therapy? Yes. And that's why we came into the to the co-ed, uh, because Pet Therapy of the Ozarks is a recognized pet therapy group through uh, American Kennel Club. So all of our dogs, uh, first of all, have to have uh, CGC, which is a canine good citizen uh, title. And then they go through assessment with the organization that they have to pass. They do supervised visits uh, to make sure the dog has the temperament to be a pet therapy dog. And not every dog has the temperament. Um, and once they're certified, every dog has to make at least one visit a month to a facility to stay active in pet therapy. So they provide therapy for other places besides a mark. It sounds like they are active pretty much all the time. Yes. We have dogs that go to the hospitals in town that make visits. Uh, my dog, Scout, goes to Lakeland Behavioral Health Hospital once a month. I have another dog that goes to libraries and boys and girls read to him. Uh, we go to schools, we go to universities during finals especially because the college students are stressed. Um, we go to elementary schools, we work with special education classes. So lots of different things that our dogs do on a, on a monthly, monthly visit. One thing you mentioned that caught my attention was the fact that you go to libraries so kids can read to the dog. I'm sure that helps the children read and puts them at ease as opposed to reading in front of a crowd of people. Is that correct? Sure. And, and I'm a former reading teacher. But with pet therapy and the reading as listeners, or uh, pets as listeners, I'm not supposed to say anything because as adults we very often jump in too quickly to help instead of letting the child figure it out. So McGee, my dog, just listens and I only step in if they really get stuck on a word to help them. But it's amazing how uh, it's very stress-free, they're reading to the dog, I'm just the leash holder. And then my dog does tricks for the boys and girls afterwards. So you have more than one dog. I have more than one, and I have one coming up that we'll assess uh, this summer to see if she'll be a pet therapy dog. I have to ask, what is McGee's favorite book? Go Dog Go. <laughs> Next up is Larry Woods, director of the Springfield Green County Office of Emergency Management. What role does OEM have during a mark? Well, during a mark, our job really is just to, to work with the, the mark coordinating staff to make sure that everything uh, functions smoothly. And of course, we have uh, information that we would pass out to our residents as well uh, to assist them uh, in probably what could be one of their worst times of their lives. Tell us about the planning OEM did for this mark exercise. So we started uh, probably almost a year ago uh, discussing uh, this functional exercise and what it would look like and it's taken al almost a year um, to fully plan, vet, and, and be able to execute this, this exercise. Uh, it's taken pretty much our entire staff at some level uh, to put the exercise together and today you know we see the culmination of all those efforts. Are you pleased with the turnout of organizations here today? 
Well, I think we have a phenomenal turnout uh, of our partner agencies here in our community. I mean, these are the people that would be here in real life if we were ever to have a community-wide disaster that would require us to activate this multi-agency resource. How important is the relationship between state and local agencies during a disaster? Uh, I, I can't really describe the, the, the need for the close working relationship that local emergency management and the state emergency management must have, not just during those times of disasters, but on a daily basis. It's, an, it's incredibly important that the local emergency managers and SEMA work together uh, so that when those gray sky days come and the disaster uh, happens, that we're in sync, we've met each other, we're collaborating and coordinating, and just as if we do it on a daily basis, because we will have done it on a daily basis. What's your name and what organization do you represent? Okay, Debbie Meads, I'm with the Red Cross, and I also represent the Green County Co-Ed. What is Co-Ed? So, Co-Ed stands for Community Organizations Active in Disaster, and it's really any organization that serves people um, that on a day-to-day -day basis, they may have community services, and after disaster, they have services that they can provide to um, to uh, our survivors after a disaster. What are the roles of the American Red Cross and Coed during a mark? So a lot of times, so we have like a, a coordination call to say, you know, are we? What was the damage? Do we need a mark? Are we going to do it? And once we decide, then we say, okay, what organization is going to take what role? So in the Red Cross, we always provide um, several things. One, uh, disaster casework, because um, if, uh, we usually provide financial assistance after disaster. We also have teams that do damage assessment. So we have the damage, we have the damage assessment for um, with with the um, addresses, so that when people come in, we can know, you know, what was the damage to their property. And then um, my role that I'm playing today, I'm I'm mark manager. We have several volunteers that are trained to actually manage a mark, and all that means is um, do the front end work and be the troubleshooter and make sure we clean up after. What kind of experience do you have participating in a mark? So I've participated in about a hundred real marks um, across the country and, um, real, and have done the function of mark manager several times. Having a mark exercise is pretty rare. I can, I can only think of maybe a couple times in the last 30 years where we've actually had a mark exercise. How important is it to have the wide variety of specialties that we have represented here today? So, great question. So, what we do when we're going to set up a mark, we think of, after a disaster, what are the services people need? So, um, you'll often hear marks referred to as one-stop shop. So we know that often survivors of disaster, they've lost their transportation. And many of them, this is the first time they've had anything this big happen to them. So they don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they need. Um, maybe they've called their insurance company and really 
Um, we have some that are very responsive and some, you know, not. So all these things are going on. So what we do is we ask agencies that are really broad spectrum like that to come together so that in this one place survivors can get both services. So we have agencies that provide financial services. Um, we have the state agencies come for people that receive SNAP benefits. They can reload that if they've lost food. For families that have never needed that, but now maybe they do and they qualify and never even knew they might qualify. They'll talk to them about that and they can sign them up for those services. So having everybody in one place and the survivor tells their story one time and then as they go around to the agencies, they add, they might ask more questions like, you said you need these things by chance did you lose this or have you thought about that and then we can then we can tell them well there's an agency here today that can talk to you about that you know do you your mom and dad were also impacted maybe they need services you can get information for that so um, we think that is a really important thing one people don't have to drive all over to places they've never been before and might have trouble finding don't have gas or transportation and number two they don't know exactly what they need so together we can help our citizens get um, you know get more services what grade would you give this mark exercise so I actually got to grade it today and I I would say this is a plus and I'll, for several reasons one is um, we had we had a big representation of agencies. So all the things we wanted to cover, we had agencies here. We had state agencies that actually came down and provided the services, you know, that they would have provided, gave the information that they would have. It, that was really important. And we had actors going through. And we had enough time, so we had them go through in waves. So we also had time for the agencies providing the services to send their people through as, um, as the actors and survivors. And I heard so much feedback about that. Like, we always wonder, what are they doing of their registration that takes so long? They're like, oh my goodness, now I know. They're really doing it fast compared to, you know, what they could be doing. So representatives of these organizations were not only able to practice the function they serve, but they were also able to experience what it's like to be on the other side of the table. And I think something you said is really important. So the agencies that are providing the service, we over the last, so we haven't had a real mark um, in Greene County for quite a while. And we've had a huge turnover in personnel. Just think about, we didn't do this till pre-COVID. And we all know all the many changes that have happened. So the um, agencies, they were really happy to come to say, what am I supposed to be doing today? You know, what did, what did we used to do? And you know, what, how does that work? So really being able to, it was really funny. One agency said to me today, you know more about what I do than I do. And I'm like, I know what, 
your organization does all over. And so I know you have those capabilities and just amazing things that they were able to provide today. I think the Mark II shows us how important that those relationships are, right? We um, sent out an email and we got a response back and then we're like, okay, we still need these people. And so we made follow-up phone calls and emails to say, you know, we're doing this and we've been working together. We want to train others. And so people really got on board to say, we need to get these agencies at the table, how important it is. And not only that, so community community level organizations, then county level were here, county level emergency management and that, and then state level emergency management, how important all those levels are. And if this, if we had a big enough tornado that it was federally declared, then we'd also have federal um, level here also. And that concludes this month's podcast about Operation One Stop Shop. Join us next month to learn more about emergency management and how to be hometown ready. Tune in next month for a new discussion in the Hometown Ready Studio, your all hazards emergency management podcast. But before you leave, don't forget to click on that subscribe button and let us know how you like today's episode. And as always, be aware and take care.